All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Delivered by DoorDash. Welcome to a special Canada Day, 4th of July combo edition of the DFO Rundown. It's episode 142 and it's brought to you by 3 Ice, the new 100% three-on-three hockey league that launches this summer. It's overtime all the time. Led by six Hall of Famers, Guy Carboneau, Grant Fuhr, Larry Murphy, John LeClaire, Joe Mullen, and Brian Trotche. 3 Ice will be hitting eight cities over nine weeks, including two stops in Canada, London, Ontario on July 16th and Quebec City on July 30th. Get your tickets at 3ice.com. 3ice, the best part of hockey. Frank Saravalli uh, joins us. And uh, Frank, um, you got the uh, Canada and uh, U.S. flag in the background. Nice. Good uh, good prop for uh, for the show today. There, uh, There's lots to uh, to discuss. Let's start with the Detroit Red Wings as they uh, they finally picked a coach. Now, this has been uh, rumbling for a while. People wondering why they're waiting. And obviously, they were waiting for uh, Derek Lalonde to uh, finish off the season with the Tampa Bay Lightning. And he obviously has connections to uh, Steve Eiserman when he was there. Uh, what do you make of this hire? Yeah, this was uh, sort of out there for a long time. And I think the, it's going to sound really funny to say, but I think the people that are on the, the insider track or reporters uh, 
haven't been all over it because Steve Eiserman is rather ruthless in that. I think he's one of those guys that if the news leaks, it kills the guy's candidacy. And I don't know that anyone wanted to be in that spot where they were uh, messing things up for Derek Lalonde, but certainly someone who his path is well-traveled uh, has been there and done a lot had been at the right hand of John Cooper in Tampa for the last four years and is a kind of a totally different personality. Not, not, um, you know, necessarily in terms of positivity or anything like that, but just in terms of, you know, the way they go about themselves is certainly a little bit different, um, has had some success, um, at a number of different stops, USHL, ECHL, AHL very briefly didn't make the playoffs, but um, is someone that was really well respected. And I think the key for me here, Jason, is that Derek Lalon is someone that Steve Eiserman would know well from his time in Tampa, that this was a curated selection, a curated hire had sort of set his sights on Derek Lalon from the beginning of this process and just more or less waited until he was available. Well, I think Derek Lalonde comes in 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 a good opportunity here. Detroit is a team with arrows pointing up. They're not there yet, but man, we got Mo Sider on the back end. They got Raymond. I I really like Dylan Larkin as a player. I think they've got pieces and they got more pieces coming. I think they get their goalie in that. Yeah, well, that's that's always a challenge. But hey, with goalies, you never know, man. From year to year, outside of the top five, somebody can stand on their head. But like, I, I like Detroit. Detroit's got a ton of cap space, Frank. If if they want to be a player, they could be a player this offseason. I'm, I think Steve Eiserman's ultra patient. I, I don't think he's going to rush and want to overpay for UFAs, which is the smart thing to do. They're like that's you know that might help him for a year, but it's not going to help him later on. And I think he's thinking big picture, but I think Lalonde comes in in the right time. And if he can just keep this team improving, you know, he could be a benefactor of joining a club at the right time. Yeah. It's almost uh, a little unfortunate for Jeff Blaschel for all the losing that they went through. He, he leaves with a very tough record yeah. um, behind the bench and understandably so given the nature of what Detroit wanted to do. And he was there really for a long time. Uh, you look back on, on Blashill's tenure, seven seasons, seven full seasons in Detroit and walks with a 447 points percentage in today's NHL. 500 is somewhat easy to do 447. That's tough, but um, it does seem like Jeff Blashill is in the mix for the Winnipeg Jets job. Winnipeg to me is a fascinating uh, mm-hmm. situation where, you know, I get that Pierre-Luc Dubois. Hey, you know what? I think Why would he Frank- say that? Um, well, I think it's the plate way in that it's the, the plate way of saying, Hey, I want to get traded without saying I want to get traded. I listen to that and I look at that and I say, what, like what's you've now made your fan. Even if you, if you don't get traded, you've now made that fan base hate you. They're not invested in you any longer. Yeah, that's fair. I just, I don't see the foresight. I don't see the win in it. I really don't, but you know what, uh, to each his own. And if he's trying to get out of there already, that's a totally different story. He had a really good season. He really stepped his game up in a big way. I really wonder, Frank, if because historically top players in the NHL have been very loyal to their organizations over time. And, you know, John Tavares was kind of the first 
bigger name guy to leave in free agency, right? At a, at a, when he had the opportunity, you know, Steven Stamkos came close, but he ultimately didn't leave. And I just wonder if, if, especially now in the league where, you know, for many years, I understand why, you know, there's no salary cap. So that was a big factor. And, you know, teams would trade guys lots, but, you know, you, you didn't have the superstars leading in free agency. They would leave and say, I want to get traded. And so they would get traded. But I just wonder with free agency and more teams, if you're going to see players at the age of 27, recognizing that, you know what, I, I got my, I might sign a seven year deal out of my entry level deal. I, are guys going to be going eight years anymore? I think they're going to want to try to see if they can set themselves up for free agency earlier. I think that's going to be a trend we're going to see in the next decade. And you know what? The, the people that are going to hate it the most are fans and rightfully so, because they'll get attached to players and they're going to be gone sooner than they would like. Yeah. I don't, I don't have any sort of feelings one way or the other on that. I would say, use the system to your advantage because teams are working you to their advantage through the first, you know, six, seven, eight years of your career to start. So it's only right to go the other way. Yeah. And, and it's going to come down a lot to, you know, the, the organizations that are good organizations, they're going to have a better chance to, to keep players. And speaking of good organizations for the longest time, Frank, they were one of the, the top organizations in the national hockey league. They haven't been for the last few seasons, but uh, their owner still wants them to be the San Jose sharks. Uh, here we are. You mentioned uh, it's June 30th when we're taping this, it comes out on Canada day, but uh, the uh, San Jose sharks uh, were, were less than a week away from the draft. Now I, I know their GM obviously wouldn't come in and have the final say at all, but y- you got to think they're getting closer. You know, I've, I've heard rumblings, Mike Greer, we might have the first ever uh, brother, in the NFL and uh, NHL as uh, as GMs, uh, Ray Is he Whitney, the front runner. I don't have any sort of uh, sense of what's going on in San Jose. Well, I know that Ray Whitney is uh, interviewed recently for that. Uh, good. That was a that was a while ago. Yeah, that was but, uh, uh, he, that was he six weeks ago, and he was out. But I thought he was back in because I thought he got a second one. I believe he's out. I, I could might have changed, but I thought he was out. Okay. Well, the thing about the Sharks is Frank. Um, it's, Hey, there's still only 32 GM jobs, right? Um, maybe guys can be like, maybe they can be picky, but I wonder ultimately, and I know that they're like, well, the owner still wants to win. And and I know that when you look at their salary cap, it's not ideal, but man, I'd rather still want to go to an organization where you felt like, Hey man, this owner is going to, going to try to win rather than some organization. They're just like, meh, whatever. Right. I'd still rather go where they feel that the guy has the belief you can win. Mm. I get that. Um, I just, is it, is it realistic? Like we talked last episode about San Jose, right. And how much work they have to do. Like, yeah, yeah, how yeah. do you, well, I don't think it's right. It would help. Like if Ferraro and Carlson are healthy all year, how different oh, yeah. is your different is your yeah. team? Right. I, don't still, I still don't think they're a playoff team. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would agree with you, but every year there's a few teams we didn't think are playoff teams that become playoff teams. Right. So, yeah, but look at the Los Angeles Kings and the trade they make for Kevin Fiala. I love that trade. I love that trade for LA. Oh, really? I love that trade for Minnesota. What? Okay. Let's Why? Well, this was a guy that they had no plans on re-signing and were not issuing a qualifying offer at all. And in Kevin Fiala, what they get in return is a first round pick and a solid prospect in Brock Faber that a lot of teams see as a number four defenseman. So he's going to be the captain at Minnesota this year. 
and it's right in their backyard. They're going to get a chance to work with him, see him and and watch him develop and help him develop. And then potentially at the end of the year, he can contribute to your lineup on an entry level contract. If all goes well, and you get the 19th overall pick, which in this draft, who's to say that that 19th overall pick is not Brock Besser or is not Kyle Connor or is not someone else like in some other year where maybe the best players in the draft are not the ones taking one, two, three. Yeah, no, that that's fair. Sure. You know, you, you got some hope. They got two picks, what five picks apart now for Minnesota 19th and, uh, and, and 24th. So sure that that could be a player. And the good news for Minnesota, I guess, is by the time they're out of cap hell, you know, that, that player might be ready to be in the NHL because let's be real here. You know, if you're a 19th pick, you're not helping for at least two years probably two, three. So they've got 12, 14, 14 in terms of cap hell yeah. in dead cap space. I'd say at some point, those picks, if they choose correctly, will be helping them while they're still in cap hell. Potentially in the third year, but like I wrote a whole article on, on, on picks and, and where guys are picked and, and the difference in the first round. But the re I love that trade for, for LA Kevin Fiala just scored 85 points playing with Freddie Goudreau. Frank, how many people knew that Freddie Goudreau was his centerman? I think a lot of people like, oh, he was he was riding the coattails of Kreisov. No, he wasn't. He played mainly with Goudreau and a rookie, a very good rookie, I should add, in Matt Boldy. Um, he's an 85-point player who's uh, who just turned and doesn't have a track record of being an 85 point. Yeah. Player. But lo lots of guys, I, I can go through the list of guys who pop and I, he, he doesn't have to score 85 points to be good value. If he scores 75 points next year, just 75 points. And he's going to play with Kempe and Kopitar. Oh, I think, I think this is going to be a great trade for the LA Kings. They had cap space. And, and Frank, I went back and looked at all the contracts in the last five years that, that have been recently signed by guys in that pay scale. He's not overpaid at all. Right. So it's not like they paid him a ton. No, he's I don't think he's overpaid at all. Not at that production level, but my point is, with Fiala, when you pay a guy that type of money, because before when he's doing it at 5 million bucks, it's a, it's a bargain, right? Now, when you, you're paying him 7.8 for the next seven years, you need him to be a driver on your team. Can Kevin Fiala be a driver? Well, if, I see, Winnipeg, I if they, sorry, excuse me, not Winnipeg. If the Minnesota wild thought that Kevin Fiala was a driver, they would have traded someone else and just re-signed him. Yeah. I, I don't know if you have to be a driver, Frank, honestly, at that at level. Eight, at 8 million bucks, you don't have to be a driver. Come on. Well, is, is Brady Kachuk a driver? Are you kidding? Huh. But how does he drive a line? Like what points is it? Like to me, a driver of a line is a guy who's over a point of game player. Is he not? No, it's someone that helps drive play. Everything that happens with that line happens around what Brady Kachuk is or isn't doing. Either he's on or he's off. Brady Kachuk is a driver. Okay. Well, well, yeah, to, to me, to be a driver, you got to be a big time point producer. That's kind of my definition. So we maybe have different, different. Well, definitions. if you're just talking point and I'm not saying I'm, don't, don't mistake what I'm saying about Kevin Fiala. I'm not saying that his points are empty calorie points. I don't, I don't think that at all. What I'm saying is when I watched him in the playoffs, he's not there. And I know it's one series, but he's got another playoff track record previously. He, he's not a driver to me.
So I yeah. think when you're spending eight, you got to get a driver. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Well, I, uh, the, and the, well, the good news is, you know what, maybe he's not a driver now, but he doesn't have to be when he's got Kempi and Kopitar, right? He can just be a, a, a really good complimentary winger. Who's going to produce big time for you. I love that trade for LA. They, they fill the hole that exactly they were looking for. They wanted like that was, they had on their whole whiteboard. That was the spot they wanted and they were able to fill it and, you know, giving up the first round pick, like LA's got tons of prospects, right? Like they, they didn't need another 19th overall pick. Right. And you're right. Brock Faber, you know, and he might be a good defenseman in a few years, LA look at their defense core. It's pretty young now. So, um, you know, this might be a trade that works out really well for both sides, but I'll say this, if Minnesota didn't have the two buyouts, I think they're re-signing Kevin Fiala and not trading him. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. So, but I like that. Uh, I like that trade for the Kings, man. I like the debate. I, well, I'm interested to see how it works out for a guy that they had no intention on re-signing. I think they did quite well. That's all. So you think they would have just let him walk for nothing, not let him walk for nothing. They were always going to trade him, but every team knew they were going to trade him. So what you lose leverage that way. Yeah. I think it's hard to make a move when everyone knows you can't afford him and you're not, you can't qualify him because you know, you can't go to Arb. Yeah, no, that's true. You're not, you're not getting, um, they were, they were, they were up against the wall and they got first round pick and a solid prospect. Like I, I don't know. I, I think they did well. Yeah, but I, I guess I'm one. I think th- the most overrated thing in the NHL a lot of the times are prospects and picks. I, I honestly, I think people right. overrate them when you look at the percentage chance of those players playing. That's Fine. all. Like, so it's a, well, actually the most Kevin overrated. Fiala was playing in another team's uniform next year. So yeah. that's, that's the basis of it is like, I don't like you got, you know, a top 20 pick and do with it what you will. Maybe it ends up being nothing, but at least it's an opportunity. It's another bullet in the chamber. Yeah. Well, I'm curious about, uh, so here's the guys that we can have fun comparing because these are the recent contract signings that are in the pay range of, uh, of Kevin Fiala, whether it's seven or eight year deals. Right. Um, and, and obviously Fiala was seven at 7.8. Thomas Hurdle was at 8.1. Jack Hughes was at eight. Kachuk was at 8.2. Nick Suzuki was uh, at the same 7.8 to uh, seven fives. Banajad's uh, at eight years at 8.5. Uh, you had uh, Elias Patterson, but his was only a three year deal. You know, Sean Couturier is, is eight years at 7.75. Um, Svechnikov, eight, eight years at 7.75. So I really like when you look at the point production of Fiala, um, I think this, this, I think LA is going to get pretty good value. I, I agree. He might not be a driver, but I just think there's very few like real drivers. in right. the So I do, I reserve paying those guys. If I'm running a team, I reserve paying those guys unless you're a driver. Yeah. That's just but me. there's lots of non-drivers getting that is what I'm saying. You, you're right. But there are a lot of the one, not all of them, but a lot of the ones you mentioned are not good deals. Yeah. And then I, you know, even some of the ones that you did mention, I would say Sean Couturier is a driver, but he, that contract is going to look really ugly because he's got a lot of tread on those tires. 
Yeah. Well, and you so mentioned he doesn't have a lot of tread on those tires. Yeah. Well, and that's the advantage of Fiala. Fiala hasn't played a ton. Like he's just, man, I, I look at, I've really been digging into NHL players. Cause I, I hear a lot of people like, you know, to, to a guy who just turned 24 and people are like, well, yes, I'll play never going to be a player, right? Cause he's been around for so long, but there's so many guys in the NHL, Frank, that very few of them are even close to their, to their full capacity by the end of their 23rd year. Okay, right, so let's, let's talk about Pugliari because there was a report out there today that he has let the Oilers know that he's he would like to be moved. Sure. He's already been on our trade targets board. Makes sense. Uh, what are your thoughts on Pugliari? See, I think there's two extreme sides of Pugliari. There's the one side who thinks because, you know, at times like Pugliari's puck skills aren't great. So they're like, ah, he's terrible training for a bag of pucks. And then on the other extreme, you've got, well, his analytics are so great. He makes McDavid's line better. And I'm like, pump the brakes on both. I try to cancel out the noise on those two extremes because I think they're both unrealistic. I look at Yesa Pugliari and I see a player who, to me, definitely needs to work on his puck skills. No question. I'd like him to work. I'd like him to work on his balance as well. But the things he does very well are he's, he's, he's a good four checker. He, he's very good at, at getting pucks to guys on his line. He's not a great finisher. He's not being close to being paid by one at all. Right. Like I don't really care where he was drafted at back in 2016 to me. It's irrelevant now. Yeah, it totally is irrelevant. Uh, I think yes, a right now can be, a, he's a complimentary top six winger who could be a very good third line winger, but he, he's, he just turned 23. Like to me, I do wonder about the comfort level in Edmonton for him. Like I don't, he doesn't think the game at the level of McDavid or dry subtle. And, and that's really hard because not a lot of guys do. Right. But so I think at times he struggles with feeling like, hey, I got to get him the puck. But what people forget is, yes, Apoyarvi actually had a really good start to the season. Then he got injured and he got COVID. And after that, he wasn't the same guy. So to me, the Edmonton orders, the rumblings that, oh, they're going to trade him for a draft pick. I'll tell you right now, that's a garbage trade for Edmonton, a garbage trade. You're, you're going to trade him for a, a second round pick. The hell's they, they ain't getting no, they're not getting a second round pick for yes, a Pugliarvi. Well, he's, a, he's, he's, if you look at arbitration, Frank, he's a half, a, he's above a half a point a game player. I know. If I like all the comparables say he's probably going to get, you know, 2.5 to $3 million. Right. Um, and if you went to Arby, probably get three. So uh, I think, I think Jesse Pugliarvi has some value. Um, and if, I'll tell you right now, if I was a team and the orders like, here, we'll take a second rounder. I'd give you a second rounder for him tomorrow. The chance a second round pick is helping you isn't until four years down the road. And even the chance that they do help you is we're talking like less than like maybe around 30, depending on which set, which part of the second round, you know, anywhere from high end of, of 30% to, to low end of 18. If that pick's even going to play for you. Um, yes. A is an NHL player. And I think he's an NHL player who has yet to, to reach his peak. And I, you know, maybe he just needs a change of scenery, but I think if Edmonton just trades him for a pick at the draft, they're going to, they're going to rue that trade. Like Jeff Petrie trade. Andrew Cogliano is another prime example. First round pick. They traded him for a second rounder who never played in the NHL junk trade. Okay. What do but you think? Once out, I, I, I like the season Pugliar we had in the regular season. I thought he was effective on the four check. I thought he used his size. Well, I thought he worked hard. 
I thought Yesipoli Arby in the playoffs looked like he was scared to death. Fair or unfair? Well, he he was a guy, Frank. I think he scored three goals, maybe four goals since January of 2020, right? Like he had zero offensive confidence. So I, I don't discount he had two that. in the playoffs. Yeah. And well, one of them was just, you know, it's great. He just tapped it in, but Hey, goal's a goal. But um, yeah, I think it's fair that he, Pogliarvi didn't look like the same player he had in the regular season, but I'm always cautious. Um, in 2017, people in Edmonton, Jordan Everly did nothing in the postseason. Nah, he's terrible. He's soft. He's never going to do anything. Now look at Jordan Everly's playoff numbers ever since. Very good. Right. Like now I'm he's not a advocating better, one way or the other. Yeah, Cause I, he's I a better score. Don't know the answer than Pugliarvi, but I, I'm always leery to, to go off of a playoff one too much, but what because, would you be willing to pay him? Well, you're probably going to have to pay him 2.5 to three, just because that's the going and rate. Is he right? worth it on a team that has a real cap crunch? Can well, you get I, away with paying him that to play on your third line? Well, in Edmonton right now, he'd play in their top six because they don't have two better right wingers. Okay. Right. So like, that's the challenge for Edmonton. So you trade Pulley right? Now you lose Evander Kane, uh, potentially, right? Potentially. Um, they're, they're talking about trying to move Cassian. That's we just watched easy. the playoffs, Frank. It was an absolute bloodbath at times at how hard guys played. So you're going to move the three biggest forwards you have. What are you going to bring in? I don't think Edmonton could look like, I know that Cassian's overpaid. I agree, but, um, I just, I, I'm not, I, I'm not saying that you can't trade yes, but to me, if you're going to trade him and you're the Edmonton owners, you can't just get a draft pick. I'll tell you right now, they'll lose that trade. Okay. So what, uh, so I asked you, what do you, you're going to pay him? And what if he doesn't want to be there? So you're going to pay a yeah, guy no, potentially overpaid to not want to be there. Well, I don't know if it's overpaid. If, if you look at the going rate of players who are, who are above half a point of game players, that scores five goals in six months. It's an overpayment. That's what he did. Yeah, he but, had three in the regular season after January 1st and two in the playoffs. Yeah. But look at his first three months. Like we can't just pick the bad okay, parts of the season. So, okay. So he had 10, he had, he had 20, he had 27 points. I thought in the first 41 games. Yeah. But he had 10 goals or nine goals in that stretch. Yeah. Like he's never going to be a, a big goal. I just type. don't understand the the love affair. Well, because that's some said. guys that uh, like like the analytics or like the numbers yeah. have like a straight. They're all horned up for for Jesse Pugliarvi, and I'm not, I'm not saying anything one way or the. I'm just saying it's more than just numbers. Yes, and I, agree. I watch the eye test, and I watch him in the playoffs, and I say, I'm sorry, this guy doesn't have the goods. Yeah, well, I, I agree. With not you to say he, he won't later, but he does not have them right now. Yeah, no, and that hey, I think Yesopoliarvi has room to grow still. Now, is he willing to want to put in the time? That's well, I was going to say he thing. seems like he needs to mature. Yeah, he's he's got to mature when it comes to you know understanding when that things are hard. You got to buckle in. Yeah, like he there to me, like any forward there. You play on call. You know what's on the other side of Connor McDavid's wing, Frank? bags of money. I was just going to say total you, glory. <laughs> like God, if you had any, it's like, I remember Ryan Smith's going to the net. Yeah, it sucks. But guess what? There's tons of money in front of the net. Yeah. You're willing to well, pay the price. You'll get paid. 
let's uh, let's move on because we got some comments saying well, they don't like our, a lot of Euler talk. So <laughs> we we covered off the Oilers and Pulleyarvi. By the way, uh, one of their big. I saw a report today as well. Archie Henderson, their director of scouting, also seems to be stepping back and retiring. Is that, did you hear this? Yeah, they're pro scout. Yeah. That, pro scout. Uh, you know, he had a great career, but I, I think this is expected. I was expecting them to make some moves in their pro scouting. Um, you know, he'll, he'll be through the draft, but um, they'll, we'll be looking for a, a new head. They'll promote from, uh, from within possibly. So, you know, that's not a surprise. You'll see a, a little bit of the, the, the scouting carousel moves around, around the draft and, and into free agency. Usually, you know, you see, the changes a little bit more, you know, into July, but, uh, yeah, that'll happen. Um, the, the other story, Frank is, um, the, uh, the report you make of, and it's, it's not a shock to me because of their depth, but do you think that bolts and a would Ryan McDonough agree to be traded and B, you know, do you think they'll be able to move them? I don't know. That's a lot of terms. Six, seven, five times four, man. That's, that is a ton. You know, what's interesting about Ryan McDonough. I thought the first three rounds of the playoffs, he was really, really good. And I thought he might've been the worst player on the ice in the Stanley cup final. A lot of tread on those tires, man, for sure. He's seen some things. Um, I don't know what they do. It seems like if you're just, looking at it from 30,000 feet and they're shifting the money around. If they try and trade McDonough, it seems like that money would go right into Andre Palat's pocket. Doesn't it? Why else would you seem, why else would you be so encouraged or uh, wanting to do that? Well, I think it might be because they want to clear up some cap space. Cause if you look at Palat, Palat's coming off a $5 million contract, right? So even if he gets a raise to six, he's really only taking a million of that money of McDonough's, right? So, because he's currently a $5 million player, right? So he'd only take one of that McDonough. I really think Tampa, I know is super high on foot, right? They've got Cernak, they got Sergeyev, you still got Hedman. Like, I don't, are they high on foot? I don't think they are. He didn't play in the playoffs. And I think they've sort of been like, okay, he hasn't been able to crack the lineup yet. What are we doing here? Yeah, but he's young, man. Like, look at him. What is, is he, he a 2000? Like- was he only a 2019 pick or maybe an 18? I don't know. Uh, I don't, I, he's, he's turns 24 in December. Like he's not that young 24. Like he's only got 91 games of NHL experience and he hasn't played more than 13 minutes a night. I don't think they're high on Cal foot. Okay. Oh yeah. I was, Nolan was drafted. Sorry. In 2019. Yeah. He turns 24 in December. He's you saw them move on from Kachuk and Radish um, at the trade deadline in that Brandon Hagel trade. And I think they were kind of at the point with a couple of those guys. And I think Cal foots in that category where it's like, if you haven't proven to this point that you can be not just a, you know, steady contributor, but also an impact player, like, you know, maybe there's more value elsewhere for you. Possibly. Um, uh, yeah. McDonough is an interesting trade target for me. And, you know, if the sharks had a GM, I'd really be curious to see if, if they would, what they would do on their defense core, because Brent Burns can still play. I know he's still got a few years left on his contract, but Brent Burns has been really good. And I wonder, um, a big body can skate, still bring offense yeah, an absolute, don't you need to get a GM in place? Like, I know we well, that's what I just said, it, but like, yeah, that's what like, I mean. They got to get are one, they, like, how much longer do they want to wait? They, well, I don't know, didn't but that's make the playoffs. Like, I think Brent Burns, Frank would, would have more 
If you put McDonough and Burns on the open market, I think Brent Burns would have a lot more interest from teams. Like, I still think he's got a lot of game left in him. I think so. that's fair. I, I do too. I'm actually surprised. I like that McDonough though. I want to say that I like McDonough. I'm surprised that Seattle didn't, you know, were did they, they didn't take Brent Burns. Like, right. Am I, am I misremembering that? Didn't they have an opportunity to take him and they didn't? Um, no, I thought Burns was protected. Was it Vlasic maybe who wasn't? We have to go back. Checking uh, yeah. San Jose. Oh, Brent Burns was protected. Yeah, yeah. he was protected. Vlasic, yeah. Kurt, uh, Carlson, and Burns were all protected. Yeah, geez. Yeah. Well, Vlasic had no move. That's probably why. But they Correct. still should. He did. So did Carlson. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Seattle, Frank, like there, there's a team. Like their whole draft was built on that this summer they were going to make some moves. Do you think they do? I think if they're making moves, it would be to further increase assets and capital. Like I think they're so far away from being competitive that as much as you want to try and make headway in your market and gives people something to cheer about that, I think to try and improve that way, you know, sort of upward right now is a mistake. Yeah. I, I think they look back. They might, they might want a little bit of a redo. Um, you think, yeah, they, there was a lot of questionable moves there from that, from that draft, man. They could have had so many other decent players there. Like yeah, this, the, like the Tarasenko one. one by one Tarasenko, like even just watching Colorado in the playoffs, JT Comfer over Jonas Donskoy. Like, you know, you can go through it one by one and you're like, man, that was tough. Yeah. Yeah. Comfort. That's a really good one. I forgot about that one. <laughs> I mean, Yikes. E- even Yikes. some of the, like, like here's another example. Um, and I just happened to be looking at the page cause I was looking up whether Burns was protected or not, but uh, look what they did with the flyers. Like Jake Voracek goes out and has a 60 point season. And I know he had contract and term and all those things, big cap hit. He took Carson Twarinski. I'm not kidding you. When I was going through that entire exercise and I was, you know, reporting the details as it was going on, when someone said to me, Carson Twarinski is the guy I was like, who? And I live in Philly and have covered the fires like a glove for the last however many years. I didn't even know who that was. No offense to Carson Twarinski, but it was like you galaxy brained that decision. Uh, I don't could have taken James Van Riemsdyk who put in 24 goals again. Like there's just so many other opportunities to get talent, acquire talent. That should be the challenge. No. Well, it's, and especially when they were willing to, to spend money, like I, or maybe behind the scenes, they said they didn't want to, but yeah, there was, there was a lot of head scratching decisions from that one. And I look and, and here we are a year later and I'm like, okay, well now are they going to make some moves this summer? Right? Like it, we'll, we'll see if they do or not, but um, it's been pretty the quiet. Grubauer signing. Well, that one was a little bit odd to me too. Like that, well, that, you know what though, you look back on it. Um, if they don't sign Grubauer, Kemper doesn't sign there. And then, uh, you know, there was rumors that the, uh, the orders had a deal close to being placed that Kemper would have uh, came from Arizona to Edmonton. Right. They actually had somewhat equal deals on the table, Colorado and Edmonton did, and they took the deal from Colorado. Yeah. I think they liked the the prospect that was involved better. Yeah. So that's what it came down to. Yeah. Well, you know what? You wonder if Colorado, like, would they have won with Grubauer? You'll never know. Maybe. Maybe. Possibly because, hey, they won with a 903 save percentage. So it might be safe to say they would have. That was amazing. 
you know, Darcy Kemper entered that morning, game six, eight ninety nine. Yeah, one in spite of their goalie. What about the Avs? Uh, kudos to them. Uh, I was like uh, a team that, hey man, it's a big accomplishment to win. And uh, they had quite the parade. And it uh, looks like they had uh, boatloads of fun uh, the last few days in, in Denver, Colorado. And now uh, what uh, I look at their off season. Um, I'm not sure if you saw that interview with uh, Eric Johnson talking about to how Fran Suze was buckled and said, hey, we're going to win again next year. Man, I look at this team and then the way they're built. And, you know, like I think they're going to bring Nikushkin back, Frank. What about Kadri? What is your sense on Nazem Kadri? Oh man, as the week has gone on, I've actually waffled a bit. Um, I thought that they would find a way to bring him back. And my sense now is that there are so many teams out there that are looking for an impact player like Kadri that they are willing to give him the sun, the moon and the stars. That's kind of what I'm, that's what I'm thinking, uh, that he just, they won't be able to match like 8 million. You're thinking, oh yeah. Like it might even be more than that. Wow. Yep. And even though it's seven years, I, you know, versus eight, I, I don't know. I think they're going to try in Colorado. I just don't think it's going to be feasible. And I, I think, uh, I think one, not think, I should say, I know that one team that has Nazem Kadri very high up on their list of targets this summer is the New York Rangers. Ryan Strom, take that money out, pay Nazem Kadri. Starts to make a lot of sense. They've got but a team that's built really strong on the wings. Yeah. And then you throw Kadri in as your, you slot him perfectly as your two C Looks pretty good. Well, like if I'm New York, like Ryan Strom gave him pretty good bang for the buck, but Kadri overall is, is, is a better player. I, I think that's fair. Um, you know, but if Strom's a, like, I don't know what's Str- three more points Kadri did this year than Strom. Yeah. But like, do you, do you think Nazem Kadri is going to come close to that again? I don't know. That's the one thing. Like we were just talking about players blooming later. And I was mentioning how this season was a statistical outlier for Fiala. I, I don't know. There's something about Kadri that was so impressive in these playoffs coming back in that injury and and not to have too much recency bias, but the determination he showed to be a driver, quite frankly, to go back to that word, that's what he was. And that's hard to do. And I, no matter what, and it's not a knock on Ryan Strom, Ryan Strom is not a driver and doesn't have a chance to be. I'll say this about Kadri. If he goes to New York and plays with the bread man, he'll be coming close to 87 points again. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. It's the same level, not right on par, but pretty similar level of talent to what he was surrounded with in Colorado. Yeah. So well, I don't wonder what, what angle they'd go. Cause I'll tell you free agents, Frank, um, Colorado would be a pretty, pretty attractive landing spot. If you're yeah, a free agent, I'm curious to see what they do with their RFA and, uh, and our Lekkinen. And, Oh, Lekkinen. Yeah. Well, I think they're going to, that's a good one, man. If, I think they're going to, that's, that's a potential offer sheet target. I should have put him on my list. They, they're not going to be able to afford much more than $4 million for him. What are they? Well, I don't, maybe I don't want to steal one of Ty's questions, but I, I read your article about the, uh, 
potential offer sheets. Does he feed you the questions ahead of time? No, no. I don't. And how do you know no. this? Leave it. Stop talking to offer sheets. Damn okay. It. Well, that's no, that's why I said I didn't want to ruin it, but I was just like, okay, well, let's get, bring in Tyler Ramchuk and then we'll see what his question is. And then uh, maybe we'll use Holy it crap, later. But Tyler no. was actually listening to the whole episode. Yeah. I only took one break to fill up my water bottle. And other than that, to I've been dialed up, into To fill it. up your beer. The people on the video can see, Frank, that is water. But he's got a big game tonight. He can't have any pregame beers. That's a huge. Wait, you guys game. don't booze before softball? Oh, no, I do. <laughs> Come on. Don't that worry. was the only reason to play softball. Mm-hmm. But I don't drink while I'm editing podcasts. It's a principal thing. Anyways, uh, you buy or sell. Not. I'm your boss. Technically, exactly. your contract says you report to me. Exactly. Uh, buy or sell is delivered by our friends at DoorDash. Ding dong. Happy long Still can't weekend. believe they let me be in charge of people. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a loose term, though. I will say that. Uh, Rundown DD is the promo code twenty five percent charge off. in, in quotation. <laughs> I, am I uh, am I a good boss? I don't. I I I do break your balls sometimes, but I think I'm pretty good. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't have a lot of complaints. I don't. What know do you think anyone... he's going to say right now, Frank? No, actually, I well, actually, Frank, I think I you're pretty to be shitty. honest and rip me. <laughs> it's a fast pace environment. I deserve it. No, no, I don't rip you, Frank. I never would. Uh, I think we get, I think we work together. Great. We have fun. I'll tell you that. Yep, we certainly do. Um, where was I? Buy or sell DoorDash. Yes. It's the long weekend. What I was going to say, you don't want to cook. Come on, order some, uh, order some delivery courtesy of our friends at DoorDash. Your favorites are more delivered right to your door. Let's start with the offer sheet question. Buy or sell. We will see one offer sheet or more this summer. Frank. Bye. Um, I don't know who, don't know where. I just think with the flat cap, with teams unable to really devote the type of resources that they should to some of their impact restricted free agents, that there are opportunities this year that really it's sort of a compounding effect of like the cap being flat year over year now that there are chances to do it. Fair enough. Okay. That, that does increase it. I'm still going to sell. Um, uh, History unless, would be on your side. Yeah. Um, unless, unless Carolina's uh, GMs or, or owners got another bone to pick, I'm going to say that there'll be uh, there'll be none. It, it would be the Montreal side, right? They need to return the volley now. <laughs> Could they you would have, that, that would be unreal. Yeah. But uh, Carolina doesn't really have an RFA guy, do they? Natchez. Yeah, they do. Marty Natchez. He was the guy that was, oh, yeah. he was number one on my board for that exact reason. Because, see, I this is how we know Jay didn't read the article. Um, <laughs> he was number one on the board and the photo. And the reason for that is because of the Montreal Canadiens and their sort of history that they have going back and forth. If they could return the favor as they now have some cap space and potentially even more if Carey Price isn't able to play to go after Marty Natchez, who is the better player and return the favor at the same time than Jesperi Kakaniemi. I, uh, man, that would be juicy. That would be real good. That would be an NBA-esque level of drama in the NHL offseason, which would be fantastic. Uh, you guys touched on Tampa Bay a little bit, the McDonough thing. I'm going to say both Nick Paul and Andre Palat are back with the Bolts next season. Jason, you buying or selling? Gosh, I think they'd like them both to be back. I'm not sure that how they have the, the, I guess. And yeah, unless they get rid of McDonough. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to sell. I think one's back for sure, but I, don't, I think it's going to be tough to fit in both. Frank. I'm going to buy, um, I think only if they're able to move McDonough though, because if they're able, we just did the math, right? And you're saying Palat's at five, let's say he gets a raise to six and gets a little bit of term. Um, 
that's only one additional million from McDonough, a good chunk of that would go to, to Nick Paul. So um, I think there's a distinct possibility if they can move McDonough first. And uh, the next time the three of us chat, we will be in Montreal for the NHL draft. So a little draft themed question for the third one. I'm going to say two picks inside the top 10 change hands in the next week. Frank, buying or selling. We've heard that, or at least I'm reading on Twitter from the accounts I follow. Uh, the Habs maybe want to get back into the top 10 with a second pick. The Devils at pick number two has been talked about. Huh? Two picks, top 10, changing hands, buying or selling. Selling. Uh history is on my side again top 10 picks rarely move uh it's possible this draft is all over the place i can't remember one this uncertain heading in maybe kind of since that pulley draft but even the pulley draft like well matthews with matthews and line were kind of obvious right right but everyone gasped when pulley didn't go three right mm-hmm. yeah so i that's really when like the bleep hit the fan. I would say I'm still going to sell. I'm going to say no. Well, if, if you look at the, at the makeup of their team, if Slavkovsky does go first to, to Montreal, which I think is a very good possibility, I could easily see New Jersey not taking uh, the, the center and going with a defenseman. Really? I, I could, I could easily see. But wouldn't you that. trade down then to do that? Or would New Jersey, if they get a sense, Montreal is going to take Slavkovsky. Would they trade up to make sure they get one? And would Montreal just say, sure, we'll slide back and get an asset and still get a guy we like? Yeah, I was like, when was the last time anybody moved up into the top five on draft day? 2000. And I I just wrote this 2002, no, 2001. It's been been 21 years since someone has moved into the top five. Now, are you talking, was that the Columbus, Florida trade? Um, With Nash and Bowmeister? No, because that's uh, where they remember they fought, they swapped picks and, you know, was, and then they had a, and they ended up actually giving up more just to move down, which is like the dumbest trade I've ever heard of. No, the last time that someone's moved into the top three, that wasn't there. Like it came from outside. No, I'm talking not just like oh. swapping picks is the Zidane Chara Jason Spezza trade with the Sens and oh, all for Yashin. Right. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the last time it's 21 years ago. So it's a long time ago. Uh, Jason Spezza just retired. He's actually working for the Leafs now and was at the Memorial cup with Kyle Dubas is working in their uh, front office. So, yeah. See, I, th- I think even moving up Ty, I'm, I'm going to say, um, I don't see it because I think the, uh, the, the talking to so many scouts and even amateur scouts for uh, NHL teams, there's so much uncertainty in this draft in how everybody views players so much different. The lack of views, the lack of games played by a lot of these players has people less staunch in, in how they view guys. I, I most still view the top 20 as the top 20, but in what order is very different. And I think you're going to see, like, remember when Mo Sider went and clearly the Red Wings were right. Yeah. But I remember when Mo Sider went six and everyone's like, ah, my, even Red Wings. I saw Mo Sider reading uh, the tweets <laughs> from draft night a few years ago from Detroit fans, which was pretty funny, but you, uh, you saw that. So all you have one scout or one team that looks and says, Hey, this is the guy we want. I think I could see if you would tell me, there's going to be three guys who aren't rated collectively in the top 10 go in the top 10 i'll buy that yeah fair and actually what'll be interesting too because a lot of times i think you know a team has a guy they like they think they can get him later they trade down but if the draft class is weak i kind of wonder if teams will just sit there and be like what all we're if every team wants to move down 
you probably won't be able to get a lot for moving down. So he's like, just sit there and be like, you know what? Let's not risk it. We don't need a third rounder. Screw it. Let's pick our guy here. So you're right, Jay. I like that element of unpredictability <laughs> this year in the draft. Uh, let's get on to our points bet bonus question brought to you by our friends at points bet Canada live in Ontario long weekend. I want to know what you guys are drinking. What's going to be the drink of choice over uh, the next few days here in the sun, Frank. Uh, I've got a little vodka iced tea concoction made by my friends at stateside vodka. It's called, I just want to get the name right. Cause I mess it up. It's called Surfside, and it is fantastic. If you like, uh, iced tea, like it's, so if you've had twisted tea, which like tastes like fake and malt beverage mm-hmm. uh, or if you've had uh, some other spiked iced teas, this is just a very plain iced tea, no sugar, three grams of carbs, 90 calories. Not that I care because this body is not a temple, but uh, it's, it's very refreshing and you don't feel like you're tasting vodka at all, which is the best part. Great. Jay. Um, I'll give a little shout out to uh, the Rundle Bar Gin from the uh, Wildlife Distiller. I got it in the mountains in Canmore. It's uh, it's unreal. I uh, it's one of the few times, and I go with the uh, sh- uh, the sugar free uh, soda with it. But what I like about it, because I'm still a kid at heart, is uh, when you pour it in the glass, it's blue gin. But then when you add the soda, it turns purple. That's so, sick. That's sick. I it's a very simple that thing, and that's what uh, that's what I like. And then you know what? I, I like neutrals because they're easy. Um, all I got to do is pop the lid. Away we go. That's good. So. You're a gin guy, huh? I like, I like a good, I did not see this. Oh, buddy. Gin. Love it. I don't know anyone normal who drinks gin. My dad's a big gin guy. There there you go. Gin is I'll guarantee you listeners tweet at me. I guarantee you there's a lot of our listeners that like a good gin. Are you kidding me? Like, Ooh, gin's classic. I just remember, remember when you were back in the, in the club days when you'd have the gin and uh, in in the bar and all of a sudden it looked different in the light in your glass. That was kind of cool. When you're 18, it was the simple things, Frank, simple things. Used yeah. to think I was buckled and hallucinating, but then I saw it sober, and it actually was that. So, very good uh, for me. It's a nation beer as always, but also there's an Alberta brewery, Wild Rose Brewing, who has a new peach Hefeweizen. I don't think I'm saying that right, um, but it is Hefeweizen. Very, Hefeweizen. It's very tasty. Yeah. I don't need to know how to say it to drink them, Frank. Peach, uh, peach flavored beer. Oh fuck, Jay, it's so good. It's I great. love peach flavored anything. Me too. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's tasty. Peach um, flavored that, ice cream. That's more of a surprise than me drinking gin is that you guys are peach beer lovers. Oh, peach I don't like any beer at all, to be honest. Mm. I can't drink it. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, yeah, straight yeah, I, I can see why you don't like it. Glue. I used to think it was normal. I'd go out after a game and have 1 million beers and then think it was normal to be glued to the airplane toilet the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually had a second points by bonus question. Actually, I, I'm rocking this sweet Oakland A's throwback jersey. So I want to know from you guys. This is my favorite throwback jersey in all of sports, all of sports. So non-hockey or hockey, I don't care. What's your favorite throwback uniform in sports, Frank? Uh, this is a true life confession. I do not own any jerseys of any. Yeah, kind. but just to look in at, like, sport, when you see no, like in any sport, like I don't own an Eagles jersey, nothing. Like I just, first off, I think it's weird to wear another man's jersey. Okay, <laughs> I could, I think, I, I get it. In your case, if you want to wear a Noah Gregor jersey to a game, I am all for that. I just, I don't get it otherwise. And well, I know so that's best, like this is not me being a hardo with that take. It's just like I just think it's weird. Yeah, the best part about that, Frank, is I just wear a Gregor jersey 73. So it's really like I'm wearing my own. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's a little suspect. <laughs> well, it's the same last name, right? I know, but you didn't make it to the national. No, you're right. I didn't, but the name did. This is true. All right. Yeah. All right. Frankie, but you don't t- have to own it. Favorite throwback jersey in sports. That okay, you just so look at I'll, go, I'll give you great. a few that I really like to look at. Uh, NBA, the purple Toronto Raptors jerseys yes. are, they were nasty. I got one of those too. They're sick. Yeah. Um, I would say in hockey, you know what I saw a lot in the cup final that I love is those Nordiques in the abs colors throwbacks. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty sick. Uh, I like any of the Nordiques ones in general. It reminds me of NHL 94. Um, I don't know. Uh, baseball, I, nothing really gets me that excited in baseball. Uh, easiest throwback, the Hartford Whalers green is the greatest jersey of all time. But uh, if I'm going uh, NFL, I will take the uh, the powder blue of the Chargers. Sick jersey. And I like They've it because it's... current again. Yep. Yeah, I know. I like it because it's very different. The old orange and white of the Houston Astros. The jersey is money. Oh, the I like stripe one? Oh, the Colt 45s. So good. I was... Gregor, I got to throw... I got the Tequila Sunrise Stripe Nolan Ryan Astros jersey I picked up a few years ago. It's Buddy, unreal. That is sick. And hey, speaking of your Oakland, what about Major League Baseball potentially uh, waiving the billion dollar uh, fee and they're going to go to Vegas? They're just going to waive it and let them go to Vegas potentially. It's not surprising. Oakland's been on its last legs for yeah. a while. Well, that's when you know your league's got a lot of money that you're just going to waive the billion dollar yeah. Yeah. relocation fee. All right. There we go. That's a little bit of fun to wrap up a buy and sell or buy or sell long weekend edition delivered by our friends at DoorDash. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Did you guys see the <laughs> the hilarious clip of Bowen Byron? I wanted the, to bring this up, yeah. 
Avs parade. So Bo and Byron was like walking along the uh, stanchions that like separate the fans from players. And a, a bike cop in Denver is yelling at him, like, get back there, get, get behind the, the fence. Well, he looks like he's like, what is he, 20? So I get it. No, right? I like, know. But then the guy, he's like, no, I play for the team. And he's like, no, you don't get back there. And he's like, no, I actually play for the team. He's wearing his own jersey. It oh. is an epic clip. The guy's like, no, no, you don't. So it's a class. Well, what Bowen Byron should have done once the guy let him say, Hey man, give me your name. I'll bring you to the game next year. Cause that's epic. You yeah. know, like policeman's trying to do his job. He got, I don't know how many thousands or million fans there. Right. Like I'm sure there's a few people trying to, to get in. So still uh, awesome. I, th- I thought Bowen Byron, you know what? Stayed calm. Didn't get too upset about it. Like he got two beer. The best part was the policeman didn't even confiscate his beers. He just looked at him and said, Hey, get back. Well, he was double fisting classic, but it's a parade. Um, Oh, well, yeah, as you should be. Now, Frank, it's funny. I did read the article. You know what's funny? I like the Ottinger and Sandine. Those are the two that I thought had the best chance. What, did you read it during Buy or Sell? No, I didn't. (laughs) But I I forgot that Neckash was number one, right? Um, But I, uh, I, Jake Ottinger, I just, man, you'd have to offer so much, but that could be the guy. I mean, goalies are weird, right? Especially coming out of entry level, sub 100 games yeah. played. Like you, like the the position is so fickle that you'd really have to be all in on thinking he's the guy. Which I could see why you would, but I could also see why if you're the team that's looking at the offer sheet, going like, oh, I don't know, man. Like I might just take a bevy of picks here. Sure, but even like, what if you went three years at eight mil for Jake Ottinger? I'd match it probably. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, so you'd have to go pretty high, right? That's why, that's why I think it's tough. Um, like usually you're overpaying for any offer sheet. That's, that's the point though. And that's why I think last year, the Canes found the secret sauce with Kakaniemi was one year. You just have to overpay for one year just to simply acquire the player. Yeah. And if you have cap space, what's the difference? You well, don't get I'll, to take it with you when the season's over. No, like, I'll mean, still argue though, Frank, they, a $6 million player in your fourth line for a team that was that close to the cup. Imagine what they could have used at the deadline to fill in that six mil. He's now going to be their second line center for the next eight years. Mm-hmm. So did they lose or did they win? But are they going to be close to competing for the cup again? They think they are. Yeah, I don't think, but, but look at like that roster, man, like that roster last year was good. Yeah. They're going to lose Trocheck. They're probably losing Nita Ryder. Almost definitely losing D'Angelo. I mean, yeah. So how are they better? That's, that's to me is my only, they've got a lot of work to do. Yeah. Like I thought last year with that six mil, you could have saved that at the deadline. Oh my goodness. They could have been huge players. It's still amazing. That trade. I so wish the Canes and Panthers met in round three. Do you know how amazing that would have been if Max Domi scored a goal while the Panthers paid part of his salary. Remember they were part of the retained salary transaction. Yeah, I know I was a little, yeah, that was a, you know, a little, that would have been amazing, but, but obviously they didn't value him very high is the way I looked at it. They're like, eh, I looked at gonna- it as more or less pure hubris. Like we think we're going to, yeah, we're going to be moving on and they're not. So it's not going to be a problem. Right. It's very true. Well, Florida is an interesting team for me. Um, Last time I checked the Canes won more playoff games than the president's trophy winners. Yep. So I, Florida's a, Florida's one of those teams, Frank, as we head into the long weekend and uh, you know, we'll join up at the draft. We'll, we'll have a pod uh, midweek before the draft. So there's still- our pod from Gibby's steakhouse. 
Oh, dude, I love that. Is that where we're going for dinner on Tuesday? Oh, yeah. God, I love that place. Table reserved after the Jason Greger show on Tuesday Key lime pie, buddy, might be the greatest key lime pie I've ever had. I am going to have six vodka martinis with blue cheese olives before you even get there. Oh, buddy, that place is so good. Like, unreal. My mother-in-law grew up in Montreal. That's a, she was the one who told us to go there. She went there as a kid. Like, the building's 400 years old. And so she's now in, in her 70s. So that was like 70 years ago she went there. We sent her pictures from it and she just couldn't believe it. You know, she hasn't been back to Montreal in a long time. And it was oh, like, it lived up to the building. It was oh, excellent. Yeah. I'm just sad that they closed Moishes in, in Montreal. That was an institution as well. Well, another place we should go that I found when I was there for F1 is uh, St. Pierre's Pub. Sick place. Oh, you could get lost in Montreal. I have gotten lost in Montreal and just didn't surface for a couple of days. <laughs> well, Frank, a uh, lifetime ago. Happy 4th of July to uh, all of our uh, listeners, to you. A happy Canada Day to uh, all of the Canadians uh, listening. And uh, we will uh, see each other in Montreal next week at the draft and have a special uh, uh, Wednesday pod the day before the draft. And then we'll have one uh, Friday after uh, round one uh, leading into uh, round two. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, hockey fans, listen up, because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.